the blast from our past network. Do not use it until you need it. Well, how will I know when? You will know. You lead me to the Black Fortress, I'll use it soon enough. It will not be so easy. With each sunrise, the Black Fortress moves. Sometimes it is in the mountains, sometimes in the desert, sometimes in the sea. Never the same place twice. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today is co host Dean. Hey, Tim. I don't have any catchy line. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, a week off. I got nothing for this one. That already makes me feel so great. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I love those, Dean. Two, oh, two, shoot, (laughs) you don't have one? No. No, Tim. I'll have to find another way to annoy you this week. Damn it! (laughs) Yeah, okay, no. Yeah, there's lots of other opportunities to annoy me. I'll make up for it somewhere else. Just (laughs) believe me, I will. Perfect. (laughs) Oh, cool. I'm excited. Okay? Yeah. I've been talking about this one for a while, and nobody believed me that I wanted to do it. Nobody nobody thought that I was telling the truth. They couldn't possibly believe I wanted to cover this movie. But it's even, true. Yeah, even me, Tim. I did also did not believe you. I know. We're doing it. We are doing Crawl. It's finally come. Yeah, listeners, thanks for joining. Uh, I've been throwing this word crawl out quite a (laughs) bit on some of our (laughs) previous podcasts. And I only do it when we're covering a movie where someone from, or someone that worked on crawl was also working on that other movie. And there were a handful of other films that had people, you know, who worked on crawl contribute to it. So uh, I wanted to do it. And the day is finally here. And I must say, Dean, I'm kind of obsessed with this movie. Yeah, well, it's uh, it, it's been like an ongoing joke. I feel like this movie it, of our podcast it was a bit of a joke. I knew I, I knew I like liked it, but I hadn't seen it for a long time. But I thought it'd be a fun one to cover. But I watched it again. I think I'm obs- a little bit obsessed with this movie, Dean. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> That's incredible. That's great. It was it was it's so it was so much of like a joke for our podcast. I was I was still unsure sitting down today if you were just gonna be like, just kidding. I made you watch it. Just kidding. Oh, no, I'm serious. I actually I don't think it ever was a joke for me. I think I was always serious. I think everybody else, including you thought it was a joke. I was serious. Yeah, I have obviously never, never seen it before. I I hadn't even heard of it before. Um, And I, I came away with two points from it, two main points after watching it. Uh, one, it's got to be the most Tim movie we've done. This is such uh, a Tim what does movie. That mean it's it. As I was watching it, I was just like, "Little Tim loved this movie." There's no question. Oh, hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. Little Tim loved this movie. Is Seventh Voyage of Sinbad in there? You got some Star Wars in there. You know, you got you even yeah. got a little Wrath of Khan in there. Like, there's just everything that you like about those types of movies was in this one. Um. Second point I take away is uh, this movie rules. Yes, thank you. Isn't it awesome? It's amazing. It's so did you, good. 
Did you get to watch it in HD? Uh, yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, I rented it, so I think I watched it okay. in HD. Yeah, so yeah. you got HD. So I, I, I got it in uh, HD. I ordered the Blu-ray um, months ago. Nice. This was one of those purchases where you can't get it from like a major distributor, so you're just ordering from some dude's like Blu-ray shop in the middle of nowhere, and right. it took like three months for it to, sh- to get shipped here. Right. And it was just like one day that that Blu-ray is going to show up, and it showed up, Dean. And I let wow. you know, we're going to cover this. And so, yeah, this is my first time seeing it in Blu-ray. And wow, it was actually a really good transfer. Dude, it looks great. It does look great. Okay, um, let's get right into it. Let's do it, man. It's it's so good. I like. I can understand that if people don't like it and they think it's a joke, but it's like legit so good. You should be obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it now. And I knew you would like it. You recently yeah. recommended um, a comic book from... Actually, you gave it to me for my birthday. Yeah. Um, Seven to Eternity from our, our dude, Rick, the writer, Remender. And I started reading that recently. And I was like, oh, this is one of your favorites too, you said. And I was reading it. And I'm like, oh, if Dean likes this, he's going to like Crawl. Because it's like, it's this fantasy banger that, yeah. uh, that uh, of, uh, of both of them are fantasy bangers. So... All right. Released in 1983 with an estimated budget of $47 million. This movie grosses $17 million. Oh, no. Oh, Boom. no. <laughs> budget doubled. Budget doubled. No, yeah. Budget. Oh, boy. Budget at least doubled. Whoops. Budget doubled. <laughs> hey, that's, it the looks, ba- that's the bad. It looks great. It looks great. You can't win them all. Every single cent is on the screen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, it's directed by Peter Yates, who has not done very much. I only recognize him from the Steve McQueen film Bullet and from Tom Selleck's An Innocent Man. Oh, yeah. There's only a a few other movies, but I didn't recognize them. Yeah, I recognize that Bullet poster when I looked him up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Written by Stanford Sherman, who has also not done very much. The only thing I recognized him from was writing 15 episodes of the Batman 66 TV series. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Cool. You see that and you know you're going to have a little bit of fun in this movie. Oh, yeah. You know the fun's coming. Now, music is from our buddy from last week, Mr. James Horner. And we know him from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Mm -hmm. Now, interesting fact about this music, which is excellent, by the way. Holy smokes. It might be his best out of those three movies. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, some of the pieces of music he created for this movie would later be reused in Aliens and The Rocketeer. Okay. Which is neat. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, there's there's so much different music in this movie. Like the tone varies so much with the music from scene to scene that I could see it like you could pluck something out of somewhere and it fits into another movie. You don't hear that very often of like music from one movie getting reused in another movie. But I, f- I feel like I've noticed that before. It was our Judgment Night episode. There was like a small, very short clip in the sewer where I swear they used a small clip of the Predator music. See, and I thought there was a small clip when they were um, in the RV that was from Back to the Future. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now, cinematography is by Peter Sushitsky. Now, he worked on Mars Attacks. And The Empire Strikes Back. Cool. Dude, the cinematography in this movie is gorgeous. Yeah. 
It's just, it's nothing short of stunning. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I just want to say a few things about this movie before we actually get into it. Okay. So I, I want to say, sure, this movie has some holes. Okay. Whatever. I accept it. I freely accept it willingly. But I would like everyone to keep in mind, this is a kid's fantasy movie. That's basically what this is. Like, this is in the same vein as The NeverEnding Story, um, like Willow, Legend, those types yeah. of movies, which all came after this one, by the way. Yeah. It's that fantasy movie for a kid. Now, when I saw this as a kid, this was my introduction to the fantasy genre. I didn't even know fantasy of any sort existed. This was my first entry into that. So my imagination, dude, was sent into overload with this movie. Yeah, it blew your right? little mind. It blew little Tim's mind. Um, it's This movie is so full of big ideas and characters and beautiful scenery. Like, it just engulfed my imagination. So while there is a lot of critique for this movie... I think that some of those issues are actually positives for a child viewing this movie, right? Like a kid doesn't really need a really smart plot with clever twists. Uh, like that's not what matters to a kid, right? So I think they dig into things in this movie that really do appeal to children. Like there's really cool characters in this movie, uh, both good guys and bad guys. There's cool weapons, lots of different types of weapons. There's really like imaginative environments and uh, locations. Some of them are scary, like quite scary. Mm -hmm. um, some of them not. And like the story couldn't really couldn't be more linear than it is. It's just the, the basic essence of the story is uh, this bad guy steals a girl and the good guy and his friends go to get her back. Yeah, it's that's good. I mean, I like, I, I, of course, there's things in here or that you can pick at it if you want. I don't even want to talk about them. I don't even want to talk about any any of them. I didn't see this movie as a kid. I saw this movie as an adult. I am 34 and I watch this movie and it is fun and it rules and I'll watch it again and again. I loved it. I don't care about that other stuff. I, I like to watch a movie and just have fun. Like there's there are movies that are trying to say stuff and try to be deep. And I love those too. But this is not one of them. And I love this thing as well. Like I just love the adventure, the fun. This is like one of those 80s movies for kids where they like weren't quite sure still how to make a movie for kids. And there's like horrific stuff in it. <laughs> and you watch yeah. it and you're like, what the heck? This movie is clearly for kids. What is this doing in it? And I just find that stuff fun and fascinating. Great ride. Like, yeah, we're, I don't even want to touch on anything that was a problem in this movie. No, me neither. So there were definitely some terrifying things. I remember yeah. being so fascinated at certain scenes and then not being able to look at others. And for just sure. being yeah. like, you know, having nightmares at certain things. Yeah. But it's that, that's, wild. that's all it's it's wild. It's it's awesome. This movie is wild. Yeah. We've done a lot of fun movies lately. Yeah. I haven't had this much fun in a movie in a long time. Yeah. It it was a blast. So we start off in space. And we see a giant rock spaceship flying towards a planet. Uh the upbeat music turns a little bit ominous. As this rock ship lands and now appears to be a mountain. Right. So right off the bat, I thought that was really cool. You don't really know For what sure. you're looking at flying through space. It looks like an asteroid. Then it kind of looks like a ship. Then it lands and it looks like a mountain. Yeah. At one point, it looks like a tree. And then, then it starts looking more like a rock. Like I thought yeah. it was like wooden at first. And I was like, is this some sort mm. of like tree, a giant tree flying through the air? 
Uh, but then, yeah, it starts to look like a rock. Then it lands. And it's a mountain, which is really cool because it's not actually changing its form at all. It's just revealing slowly different pieces of it. And by the end, it looks like it is this giant rock. And when it lands down, it just looks like it's this mountain fortress thing. Mm -hmm. Now, the narrator tells us about an evil known as the Beast with his slayers and his black fortress. And that's what we saw land is the black fortress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, he says, this narrator, the evil would eventually come to destroy their planet, which is named Krull. That's where the, the okay. name of the movie comes from. Yes, that that is another thing, Tim. I did not know. I assumed every time you said Krull and I saw the cover of this movie or whatever, I just had a picture in my mind. I just assumed Krull was the name of some like buffed up warrior dude. And it was going to be like Conan and it was just going to be Krull. Like it's just the same kind of idea, but it's going to be a buffed up dude. So right away, I was like, oh, Krull's the planet. Okay. I don't, I don't know what's going to be going on here. <laughs> no, you can't anticipate this movie no. really. No. Now it appears that, um, that time of destruction has arrived because the beast has landed. Now we see a Prince Colwyn rushing via horseback to a castle to meet Princess Lyssa, and she is his bride-to-be. This is, this is the classic romantic trope here of yeah. two houses that don't like each other, but the kids are in love and are going to get married. And they kind of meet up in this castle. Dude, how amazing is the set design for this castle? It's incredible, like, man. I feel like they went ahead and just built a castle for this yeah, movie. I like I said, it's all on the screen. Like, it's so the awesome. Rooms are huge and there's multiple rooms it's not just yeah. like it's small rooms and there's multiple rooms or just one huge room like there's so many rooms there's hallways like it actually looks like they're walking through a castle and i did like that it is these two like trying to marry the two um uh like uh, son and daughter of like kings trying to marry them to bring together the kingdom but i like that it's that they're in love and the two kingdoms yeah. don't like each other it's not that it's the parents forcing them to get married because because they want to unite the kingdom it's actually them it's like the the kings still kind of hate each other and they're just like oh you know what you know whatever like i don't like that guy but it's the kids that are just like we have to get married we're in love yeah it's like romeo and juliet right yeah, exactly yeah 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 uh, the castle too, it's like a, it's a really like a vibrant white color. It's not like your yeah. traditional gray, dirty looking castle. It's like really clean and really, really nice inside. Um, Now the guards outfits in the castle are far more reminiscent of a sci-fi movie. For sure. Which yeah. I thought having that kind of juxtaposed in this fantasy movie really made them pop out. I, I thought it was yep. a great decision to add a little bit of the sci-fi flair into this movie. Yeah. One thing I actually wanted to mention that I forgot to earlier was that this is a UK based movie. So this was oh, this was shot right. in the UK. Right. I think that's important because I feel like UK movies, especially from like the 80s, have a very unique feel to them. Yeah. I can't really put my finger on what it is. Maybe it's the scenery, maybe it's the locations that are being shot at, but there's something different about them. And this definitely had a bit of a different feel to it, which is one of the things I like about it. That's a really good point. I kind of, I knew that, but I kind of forgot. Like UK director, a lot of UK cast. And I just, yeah, kind of forgot about that. That's a good point. I, I love that feel of, of that mm -hmm. 80s, 80s movie. So Colwyn and Lissa are ready to be married and the ceremony is underway. And speak now 
or forever hold your peace, Dean. And the Slayers say, hold my beer. And they murder everyone. <laughs> everybody. They murder everybody there. They kidnap Princess Lissa and Prince Cohen. While he's not fully dead, he's mostly dead. <laughs> he, is mo- he is mostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> He was definitely mostly dead. He needed a Miracle Max pill to get back. Exactly. He was stabbed <laughs> and left for dead. And everybody else was just certainly murdered, straight up murdered. Yeah. It, You know what? It was totally unfair, though, because these slayers have spears that shoot lasers. Yeah. And everyone on Krull, they just have swords or spears or something. They don't shoot lasers. No, but they kind of are lasers. They kind of have no. laser swords. No, I think what's happening is their sword is just hitting... The Slayer's weapon, which is energy charged, and it's just making oh, a bit of a, like, like a, a discharge. Yeah, they, oh, they're, I think okay. they all just they all have normal swords. Yeah, which and these, these... honestly, it, that effect might be in there to, uh, you know, just to like pop on the screen for like yeah. to distract us while that is happening and get us excited. But man, did it work! Like every oh, time totally. they slash something, those sparks were flying. I was I was into it. I was like, sword versus laser gun, great. Yeah, it's cool. Um, that it's completely unfair though, because the, the slayers are like way more formidable than the, the good guys. Like it's, they can it's attack not even, from long it's distance. Not even, it's not even close. Like the slayers yeah. just slaughtered They were slayers were way outnumbered and are just slaughtering everybody. Yeah. I mean that because they can stand back and shoot and the other guys have to get close and stab yeah. like with their swords, you know, it's just, they, yeah, they, especially in the Tim, in those big, big castle rooms, there's a lot of space there. So they have space to spread out and shoot everybody. Yeah. And, and they, they did. did. They killed they did. everybody. Um, another thing that's cool too, is you really can't tell if these slayers are human or not. Uh, they're like human formed and it looks like they're in full armor, but the armor's done a certain way that it could pass for organic. Yeah. So you don't like right, right away. You don't even know what you're really dealing with. They're all black, like head to toe, all black. And it looks yeah. like they're wearing some sort of armor. So Tim, I still don't know what they are. Yeah. I don't know what they are, but Which I know is they're amazing. not human. Yeah. yeah, with a lot of things that are going to happen, it's still amazing that I don't know what they are. Yeah. So a man comes to the castle, and he helps heal Colwyn's injuries. His name is Ynir, mm, and yeah. he's known as the old one who lives in the Granite Mountains, but has come down because he's now needed. He says he can lead Colwyn to the Black Fortress, but they'll need help. Not just men, but the power of the glaive which resides on the highest peak of the mountain. So Colwyn agrees to journey to the top of the mountain to get this, the glaive, which is this weapon. It's a very iconic weapon. If you know anything about, actually you might even not know anything about crawl and still know this weapon if you see it. Um, But they take a really long time showing him get to the top of this mountain For with sure. a lot of incredible shots. Yeah. Like they've got close up shots of him climbing and he's like legit climbing a mountain. Like he's, I'm sure everything was safe and he wasn't too high up, but he's like yeah. looking for footings and places to grab and he's making his way up. Then they'll pull back. Like it wasn't a helicopter shot, but almost looked like that. They're so yeah. far back just having him climb up this mountain. And he was climbing for so long. It was just, I loved it. It was an awesome slowdown. Like it really made you feel like he really took a journey to get to the top of this mountain. For sure. Have you seen Free Solo? 
<laughs> Hell yeah, I have. Yeah, I love he was free soloing. I got this feel, man. He as was, soon as yeah. He's like he's just climbing on these rocks. I'm like, man, I watched that documentary and watched that guy climb, and it was so exciting. This is the same thing. It's kind of exciting. Like I oh, like yeah. this journey he's taking. It shows you that it's like it takes this trek to get to the top of the mountain to get to this weapon. It's not just going to be something easy. And he's got a free solo this thing. He would have given. Uh... I think that guy's name was Alex Honnell or something like that. Right, Alex, right. Alex yeah. Honnell. He would have given him a run for his money, dude. Yeah, he would have taken on uh, El Capitan or whatever that, <laughs> that he would have, yeah. name was. He would have. Yeah. Just tell him the glaive is on glaive top of it and top. watch him go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it today. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing about this guy, man. He's like uh, the, the, this Colwyn. He, refu- he had the refusal of the call right away. He was very upset that everyone was killed. But then he kind of just immediately turned around and he was having a great time on this quest. He was so positive. He's 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 overly positive. He's too positive. This yeah. is like if you want to start like if you want to pick away at stuff, this is easily something you could critique. It's like no. his acting performance is terrible. He's just always so chipper, so like he's speaking yeah. so fast, but it's fun. It's fun. He's awesome. It's great. There's a, there's enough there's enough characters that are going to have um you know, emotional issues coming up later. We don't need him to have it. He's our hero. He's our blonde-headed hero. Just be <laughs> chipper the whole time. Great. Yeah, he's great. He was in um, several episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He actually oh, had cool. like a, re- a very cool reoccurring role. Nice. And I I like knew him from that, but I didn't realize these were the same guys. Mm. So I was very... Very interested when I read that, that that was the same guy because they look very different. It's obviously, it was obviously like, you know, 25 years later that, you know, he played on, on Deep, Deep Space Nine, but it was right. very cool. Right. So Colwyn gets to the top of the mountain. He goes into a cave, finds a stream of lava, puts his hand in. Right and in there. Pulls, <laughs> right in there and pulls out the glaive. Now what the glaive is, is this really nice, ornate like five pronged throwing star i'd say yeah. but it's like a lot larger than a uh, like a small throwing star right. uh and it's got spikes that come out the end we learn here that it's not going to be easy to find the black fortress mm. because every sunrise the castle changes positions i love this idea how great is that this is great and i love this from the uk cartoon count ducula have you ever oh. seen that cartoon? Maybe. That's a favorite of mine. It's a vampire duck. Oh, okay. And his, like, his, the, his two, like, um, I, I think it's like I his aunt and uncle it. or something that just helped yeah. him in his castle. But that was an, like an episodical cartoon. And his castle, like at sundown, just changes locations and it goes cool. somewhere else. So he always has these, um, these fun adventures, but has to get back to the castle in time so that it doesn't leap without him. So, oh, that's so fun. It's such a fun idea that, that yeah. that's a thing. So to find the location of this castle, they're going to need help, and there's only one person who can help them. Right. So Colwyn and the old man go from the mountains down into the forest now, which is a really nice change of scenery. Mm-hmm. And a new member joins the team. Ergo, this guy comes shooting in <laughs> as a red bolt of electricity lands in a pool of water and comes out a man who can transform into animals. <laughs> <laughs> this dude literally falls out of the sky, 
he can transform into animals and he's now on the quest <laughs> he's just like yeah i'm i'm part of the group now they just dropped me in the middle of this movie <laughs> yeah i see that and i'm starting to think maybe a kid wrote the movie because that's like yeah. something out of the mind of a kid right totally they're like okay we we got this guy who can change into animals well how did he get there how did he join them yeah and he falls out of the sky i don't know <laughs> red he's red yeah what else he's made out of electricity yeah okay. he shoots out of the sky where does he land uh, in a pool of water. Okay, what is he when he comes out? A man, but he can turn into a duck and then into other animals. It's great. Like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, we're going to use Sounds it Sounds awesome, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's fun. And uh, we quickly see the Black Fortress in a grassy field, and then it disappears and reappears in a snowfield. Yeah, right. So I'm already having fun with oh, um, yeah. how many different settings they're taking us to. Like we've already been to four or five different locations already, and it's like, I don't know, we're 15 minutes in, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty much at this point just fully on board. Um, oh, yeah. I, I feel like it even gets way better as we as we go on, but at this point, there's enough things have happened that I'm like, okay, I get what's going on. I get like what this movie's going to be, and it's good. It's a ton of fun. It looks great. We're changing scenery. Like even just seeing the... Um, fortress changed from like a grassy yeah. uh, pl- uh, location to a snowy location. Like, it's just like, okay, there's, there's a lot going on um, visually for me in this movie. Yeah. I think that's cool that they show yeah. it go from two very distinct places because I think they want you to feel like it has traveled a great distance. Like yeah. that's how hard it is to pin this thing down is that it can travel from like one side of the planet to the other side of the planet every day. And how do you catch up to something like that? Right. Yeah, you you there's no way to actually find this thing. So it gets you invested as as you're watching to be like, yeah, I guess I got to find this person they're trying to find. If he's the only person that can help them, they got to find this guy. So the three of them are quickly attacked by a group of robbers, including the one and only Liam Neeson. Yeah, man. How excited were you to see Liam Neeson pop up? I was so excited. And Tim, I was even more excited because Robbie Coltrane is also part of this group. And he plays Hagrid in Harry Potter. So we got Qui-Gon Jinn and Hagrid in a group together. I was so pumped. Nice. Yeah, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, so I didn't pull that one out. But now that yeah. you say it, I do I do recognize that, yeah. And there's another guy in that group, too, like another very well-known actor who, if yeah. you see his face, you'd recognize him. I yeah. don't know his name. He's like more of like a, a B guy, like in the B yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's, um, he's, but... he's not Pete Pothelsway, but he looks like him. I don't know. That who, guy, who, right? What, what you just said. Okay, Papa Plossel is. No, he's in um, uh, he's in one of the Jurassic Park movies. Uh, I've seen, I've seen one the and one a half. We watched, yeah. I've seen one he, and a half Jurassic Park movies. Is he in that one? He might be in that. No, he's no, he's not in that one. No, Anyways. I mean, I would ever recognize yeah. him if he was in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Colwyn convinces this group of robbers to actually join him. He's just that charismatic. Right. He's like, uh, you know, why would you want to rob us when you can join us on our mission to you know, free this a was, princess? It's this like, was amazing. <laughs> it's like his power to the people speech. And yeah, he, it, he it basically it's it great. It, it, it somehow worked because he basically this these this gang was like, uh, we're not going to listen to no king. And then he's like, I'm the king. And they're like, you're the king. OK, I guess we'll listen to you. <laughs> and that was basically how it went. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one it's like a younger boy was like, I'm with you. And right. All the yeah. older guys are like, what? Why are you with him? 
And they're like, oh, I guess if he's with them, I guess we should be with them too. So yeah, we're with you. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it, it doesn't it doesn't even matter why. It's just fun. No, it doesn't. He got them on board. Uh, great. Um, we also see here, though, that these guys are being followed by a cyclops. Oh, yeah. We love cyclops. I, th- I love think cyclops. it's fair to say that you and I love cyclops. I never, I never met a Cyclops I didn't like. That, you? Tim, that is true. Yeah. So the team is up to about 12 people now. We started off, you know, with, with right. not many, Old Man and Colwyn, and we're up to 12 already. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's getting fun. Now, the Old Man, he says, they have an ancient hatred for the Slayers. Their ancestors, the Cyclops' ancestors, used to have two eyes, and they made a deal with the Beast. They gave up one of their eyes for the power to see into the future. And he tricked them. And the only future they can see into is the moment they're going to die. That is incredible lore. So good. Right there. I don't know if that's like actual Cyclops lore. I don't think so. I think that was made for this movie. Yeah. That's so fascinating. What a cool idea and a terrible fate to lose an eye. And then you can only see into the future of when you're going to die that exact moment. So, you know, you're just like living your life knowing the exact moment you die. Yeah. It's so cool that we are shown a character and we've shown him like a bit before he joins the team. So we've been shown the character. He joins the team. Then we get to learn this quick, but just like tragic backstory of him and his whole people and why they have one eye. And it's such great fantasy world building to build that lore just so quickly. And it, yeah, it's just so tragic, man. Just that these, he can see the future, but only his own death. My goodness. Right away. He's so, got yeah. like, he's got the sad vote for me. Like I'm on this guy's side yeah. immediately. And he's got, what he's got is he's got like ultimate hatred for the Slayers. Yeah. And we learn he's super powerful. He's like yeah. probably the toughest guy on the team. And he's like, He's like a scholar. He's like yeah, just this like he's a well spoken, um, yeah. like down to earth guy. He's like very philosophical about things. Like he's just an all around cool character. Yeah, dude can launch a spear. Oh my goodness, can that and guy throw a spear? He's pretty huge. Like he's pretty tall. Watch out, Olympics of nineteen eighty three in the oh, javelin yeah. event, because Cyclops is coming coming at you. For sure. Guy can hurl a a, a, a jav. What do you? What's yeah. the short term for a javelin? A jav. Yeah, Guy can jav, hurl yeah. a jav, man. <laughs> you never seen a jav toss, and he's got a three pronged jav, which makes it look even cooler. Yeah, especially if you uh, if you stuck a slayer at the end of the field, man. You stick a slayer way at the end of the field. He's gonna hit that slayer as far. But you just put that slayer past the person in first, and he's gonna hit that. Hit him right in the chest. Yeah, he will. He's hitting a moving target where everybody else at the Olympics, they're just trying to throw their javelin the farthest. Yeah. This guy's hitting a slayer running at the back of the field. That's yes. a great point, Dean. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. That's important. That was an important thing to call out to you. For sure. <laughs> so the old man leads them to the one who can foresee where the Black Fortress will be. And this guy has got all the kryptonite you'd ever need <laughs> in his little cave. He's got all of it. His cave He's is full of all. this green crystal. He's got all the kryptonite, man. 
Yeah, he's that good is at Superman. All. Do not go in there. Su- do not go to crawl, Superman. It will not work out for you. He uses a piece of this green crystal yeah. to find the fortress. Yeah, and that was really cool. This he's got like um maybe like a soccer ball sized piece of this green crystal. And it's spinning like really fast in a circle in front of him as he's like trying to envision where the fortress is. And that was actually practical effects. They were actually spinning that thing in front of him, which is fascinating because it looks like it's, you know, not practical because you can't see wires or anything like that. So how are they spinning that thing? I don't even understand it. Now, knowing that it's practical, I don't even understand it. Yeah, I kind of want to go back and see it. Before his vision of where this fortress is going to be is complete. The beast reaches out and breaks the vision. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that's an oh shit moment. Now the, yeah. the seer, the seer tells them there is one place that the beast's power can't reach. So if they're willing to go to this place, he could mm. then foresee without the interference of the beast so basically, it's like, we have to go here. If you okay. want to get this done, yeah. we, we have to go here. And that place was called the Emerald Temple, and it's in the Great Swamp. And the seer very generously offers to go with them if they want to travel there. Yeah. So th- the seer, he's a cool character. He's like this very, almost like an old wizard. And it's cool that he can foresee things because he's blind. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really great. I love this guy. Like another character that I just love. He's so old. Like he looks like he's going to die tomorrow. His yeah. beard is his beard and his hair are so white, but also like really curly. So he's, he gets mm. like a really cool look with his curly beard. And his fashion is off the hook. This dude's wearing this like cape robe thing the whole time. That's kind of furry and fuzzy. And it's as soon as he started walking with them with that wardrobe, that's where, you know, the movie kind of gets to another level for me. It's really popping there. I'm down, yeah. <laughs> with, I'm down with this guy. Yeah, I'm down with this old man. You're down with the fashion? His fashion I'm down sense? with the fashion. It's so, it's just such a great choice to be in that movie with everybody else walking there. He's got this like, it just makes him stand out, you know? And he's like, he's yeah. this wizard guy, you know? That and he can, should like, stand out. See the future. So he should stand out. He's this special, they, they need only him and he's leading them to this place they need to go. So yeah, I just, I, I love them. Yeah, I love him too. He's he's cool. I I loved him, um, but I also hated him. But we'll get to that. What do you, what do you, you hate know him? why? Well, I hated my memory of him. But you you know oh, what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. We'll get there. <laughs> totally, man. Jeez. <laughs> so we're off to the swamp, and this is dude. This is one of my favorite scenes. The swamp. swamp I mean, looks come on, so great. Do you know the whole swamp was built on the soundstage? Oh my goodness. That's incredible. Uh, there is no, absolutely no way that you could ever tell this was on a soundstage. It looked no. so amazing. It's incredible. There's for sure pools of water, like large yep. pools of water. Yep. Like it doesn't look at all like it could be. It, it looks like it could be constructed in a field or something, but like not on a, on a stage. It looks so, it's so good. It's, it's amazing. It's, it yeah, looks... this is a great scene. It's it's got such a great swamp atmosphere to it. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's got the fog, it's got the it's got the water, it's got the trees. Um, yeah. it, it looks awesome. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Now, they are greeted by slayers rising straight out of the muck. Like straight up, like they're on an elevator. They just come out of this muck. <laughs> it was totally. awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're like levitating themselves out just yeah. out of nowhere. 
And then we get this huge fight between uh, these slayers and this this group of 12. Yeah. This is where the Cyclops sh- kind of shows up. Like, he had been following yeah. them up to this point. Right. Which is cool because after this point, even when he teams up with them, he kind of just follows them. Like, he's like yeah. the guy. He's protecting their back. He's always like the one. He's going to stay behind, make sure nobody follows um, so that they don't have to worry about that. So it's really cool that he has just, he's been with them the whole time. He's just been following them. Yeah. Now he needs, he needs to make his appearance here and he just comes out, dude, javin it. He comes out javin it. He's javin it, man. He's just javin some slayers, man. He hates oh, He just comes guys. running in and javs a slayer and that slayer, <laughs> dude, that slayer is done. And his jav, there's no arc on that thing. It is no. just like, it's like a laser beam. It's like, boo. Tim, they call that thing a frozen rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whips nice. a frozen rope at him. He did. Uh, so he, he kills a Slayer. And this is also where we learn that Slayers are most definitely not human because one of them gets, I think he gets his head cracked open and some sort of worm Tim. like crawls out of the head of this thing. Some sort what of you- gooey, gross, bloody worm cockroachy i think i maybe saw some legs but i'm not sure i definitely saw like a worm and a tail and it's kind of fat comes crawling out of his mask yeah and yeah like yeah it I, falls out or crawls it out falls, it's all yeah. gooey and and that thing's and then it dead goes, though like they're dead it, no no no. it goes like into the sand well that thing yeah he went that thing went into the yeah. sound but the slayer's dead the slayer's gone it's not yes. coming back so should we talk about what the slayer might be i have a couple of ideas what a slayer might be uh okay go ahead so I don't know if it's this little thing is controlling like a robot. That's what I would think. Okay. So like this little gooey thing that comes out, this worm thing is actually in the helmet controlling the whole body. That's what my, I, that was my take okay, on it. Okay. Okay. My other idea is that it's like a mind control thing that the beast has put into um, like a regular person's head. And then when they die, it like jumps out and it's going to go look for another person to go into their head. Right. I also think that now, too. I think okay. both of them. <laughs> I, like, that's like, I like them both. That's the Wrath of Khan thing, where it's just like the little slug in the ear, except they're gigantic. Well, that, that's so, funny you mention that, because yeah. that this thing reminded me of the, the Seti eel from Wrath For of Khan. For sure. Yeah, it's like it a looks mashup. just like it. It's a mashup of uh, Men in Black, where that little guy, that little alien is inside of that guy's brain, like controlling the way the body moves. Yes. yes. But it's a set, the SETI eel doing it, not this okay, little alien. Okay. Yeah. Guy. You have a mashup the, of the two. Okay. That was the mashup I had in my head. But yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? You're right. It could be either one of those. I think both of those are great ideas. I thought it was the first one, but I like it better if it's actually the beast. Um, like, I don't think, I don't think those are people. Yeah. Because um, they, they're too far off off of looking of like what a person actually looks like very possible though but um that's why i kind of lean towards maybe the first one like maybe he's constructed these i don't know these warriors and he can move them and control them with this whatever this worm thing is that's like this hive mind type creature or something that he can control yeah here's the thing this is my this is what i love about this movie is they don't explain anything no none of this stuff (laughs) gets explained for any of the characters that's what this movie does really well is it leaves everything open for you just to make the decisions about, right? Nothing, yeah. nothing is force fed to you other than the linear story. Everything yeah. else is just like, Hey man, come up with whatever you want to about these characters. We don't care what their backstory is. None of that's important to us. That can be important to you. If that's important to you, make it up yourself. So for sure, it's a yeah. lot of fun. I, I like, yeah. I really appreciate it 
for that reason. And you don't see a lot of movies like that nowadays. Nowadays, movies are very yeah. contrived and they want to be very smart. They want everything to make sense. Um, if there's any sort of hole, they know they're going to get critiqued about it. Like, oh, well, this didn't make sense yeah. or this didn't make sense. Guess what? In Crawl, nothing makes sense. Nothing, nothing. And it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful, <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. Like, we just presented two options that these Slayers could be. It could be anything. It could I like be them both. That it could be that they're these humanoid things. Might not be that, And after yeah. they die, their brains come alive, and that's a new organism now. <laughs> it exactly. It just burrows into the sand. Like, like, choose whatever you want you. it to be. <laughs> No, it'll keep happening when these things die. This is going to fall out of their ma their masks or whatever, and that thing's just going to scurry off, and they will never tell us what it is, and it's wonderful, like you said. That was the perfect word. It's wonderful. Again, that's something like if you, if you asked a kid to, to say, like, okay, the Slayer, we're going to cut his head open. What happens? Yeah. Um, his I don't brain know, like a out. giant greasy worm falls out, crawls out, but it's not dead. The worm's yeah. not dead. No. It gets away. And yeah. then goes and does something else. It's it. amazing. Yeah, it's, it's love great. it. So the group of twelve are able to actually handily defeat the slayers. They don't take yes. any casualties, and they just wipe out the slayers. Yes, you got a you got a band of warriors here. This For crew. Sure. We know we know now they're tough, tough sobs, and um, you know they can handle themselves. Tim, so. you got Qui Qui-Gon Jinn, Haggard, and a Cyclops. You're good. Seriously, right? Yeah. You're and good. You got uh, Prince Happy Colwyn. <laughs> He's so happy all the time. He's so happy. He defeats the Slayers with happiness and joy. Yeah. He goes around He's hugging them. He's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> he hugs them and that worm just pops out of the mask. <laughs> okay. So they continue to head deeper into the swamp and they yeah. hit some quicksand here. Now, great scene. Um... I always panic in these scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ever since the never-ending story uh, and that horse going down. I mean, I've never... Oh. I still haven't recovered from that scene. That's I never yeah. will. Yeah. This is another one. Like, it's another, like, quicksand scene like that. Um, You know, there's one guy who's kind of, like, out of reach and they're trying to save him. They make this big, long, like, um, like train of guys kind of holding arms oh, trying yeah. to reach this guy. You, They actually make you think that they saved him. Like, they lock hands with him. And yeah. they start to pull him, and then the grip loosens, and he falls, and he gets uh, he gets sunk in the quicksand. I hate that. I hate I, quicksand scenes. I hate. I knew this guy was going down. You know why? Because they put the camera on a guy who's way out there in the quicksand. I've never seen him before. We're an hour oh, and yeah. ten minutes into this movie. I've never seen this guy's face before. This guy's going down. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, this was really this. You say what you will about the acting in this movie. This quicksand acting is really, really good. Because I imagine from what I can see that this is water with like a bunch of sawdust on top or something. So yeah, it's, it's like wood chips. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you would be like moving through water, but they really look like. Like maybe moving through water would look similar to moving through quicksand, but to me, they actually, they really look like they're moving through quicksand. Like it really looks like it's a struggle to take every single step and do every single movement. And I feel like water would be a little bit easier to move through. So I think like, I think it's really good acting in this whole quicksand scene. Everyone's got to be in on it because they're making this big chain. And I'm I, I like, they, they draw me in. I, I feel like it is real. I feel like they're in quicksand and the idea of putting all the wood chips on top of the water is really cool. Like it just it looks makes great. it look so good. Yeah. I like, I like compare it to um, Princess Bride, which we did recently, which is amazing, has a good quicksand scene, but it's so quick, you know, it's so fast. They just fall into yeah. the hole and then they come out of the hole. This scene built the tension 
because of all the slow moving, how it's like slowly attacking you and slowly pulling you down. Um, it really, yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, knew this guy was going down. Mm-hmm. Well, they took their time with that scene. Yeah. Because off in the background, we see the seer is just, he's just sitting there by himself, right? Because you can't really help pull yeah. like people out of the quicksand or anything. So he's just sitting sitting on a log waiting. But then we see another guy approaching the seer and he looks just like the seer just like the seer exactly like him and he turns out to be an evil shapeshifter and he fucking kills the seer here he kills him yeah dead in a terrifying manner this is what i was referring to before is my memory of the seer is this evil version of him Oh, who yeah. like is able to open his eyes and has black eyeballs yes. and can make his fingernails grow so long that he can oh. like just choke and kill people. Yes. Very scary for like a seven-year-old kid watching this movie. The sh- this shapeshifter has now joined up with the team and they think he's the seer. That's bad. They should just, you know what? They just need to watch this guy because he keeps opening his eyes. He keeps showing us his black eyes and it's like, just get, look at him. Look at him right now. He's got his eyes open. He's evil. Yeah, he keeps Nobody's looking, for looking where, at him. <laughs> he keeps looking for where Colwyn is. He wants to kill him. Yeah. He has to yeah. keep peeking to see where if he's changed places. Well, so but, that's actually the interesting thing. Yeah. He has to, he, he has to pretend like he has his eyes closed, but he has to keep peeking because he wants, yeah, he, he actually can't can, see. Like, yeah, he actually can see, but he yeah. can't like foresee. Yeah. He can't <laughs> so foresee. He's got to open his eyes, see what's going on. He's got to peek with his little black eyes. But, this is another thing, dude. Like this guy, a shapeshifter, comes yeah. out of nowhere for no reason. Never been told that that's something seer. in this world. <laughs> Just a great part yeah. in the movie where like it causes a lot of drama. But we don't have to ask questions of like, where did this guy come from? No. Why is he after them? Why was he there? Who cares? We put it it's together. It's super cool that the guy we need the most, the seer, is now dead. And he's, he's being dead. impersonated. Yeah. By an, another guy who they think is part of the team and is trying to kill Colwyn. It's incredible. Now, the Cyclops, because um, of the character he is, he has stayed back at the swamp while the team moves on because he wants to make sure no one's following. This is what he does. Yeah. He like covers their backs. He's a good dude. Now, after a while of being there, he notices that the quicksand spits out the body of the dead seer. Ah. Yeah. Ah. He knows something is up and he quickly tries to get back to the team. Mm-hmm. And moments before this imposter can kill Colwyn, he gets jabbed by the Cyclops out of yeah, nowhere. Man. And uh, imposter's dead. Cyclops saves Colwyn's life. Yeah. Is this where the imposter just melts? Uh, uh, yes, yes. He gets hit with that javelin and melts in a disgusting manner. <laughs> like, like this is one of the points where it's like, okay, this is a kid's movie, but this yeah, old man just melted in front of my face. Like, I'm talking about, like, RoboCop melting. I'm talking about R-rated melting face in front of you. That's a good point. This was an R-rated disgusting melting, yeah. Yeah, this is like, this would have given me some serious nightmares for sure. Yeah, so that's why I said like there were scenes I had to turn away from in this movie because you can't watch them as a kid. Uh, You know, probably one of the things that helps support it when you're watching it as an adult is it does look very real and scary. 
But yeah, as a, as a kid, I didn't know if I liked this movie or not. Like it was the most yeah. terrifying thing I, I had ever seen up until this point. Yeah. But it was also like, it was enlightening me. It was like opening my brain to these new ideas of what fantasy could be. And yeah. it just, it was like this really weird combination. And I don't know. I just, I'd do it all again for sure. It was for worth sure. It. Yeah. The terror, the terror was, was well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I don't really know what type of decisions, like what type of people would make a decision like that, where it's just like, and then we stick on the guy, the old man for a, like, 30 seconds and watch him melt like we watched him melt like i don't know if they just had leftover money and they're like oh you know what maybe we'll go back and film a melting scene (laughs) like i don't know what it was but but he doesn't just melt he like expands and then melts it's very strange it looks very gross if like i i I, the the thing that gets me is like it is i feel like it is for kids like if that's why i kind of love these 80s movies that like don't really get it they're like we're for kids but also here's something horrific and the thing the thing sorry to interrupt go ahead no 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 you're, you're, you're fine i don't necessarily know if they decided at the time of making this movie that this was going to be a kid's movie i'm i'm calling it a kid's movie because like because of the vein of movies we saw follow this that are considered kids movies. That's why I call it a kids movie. They were probably trying to make a serious movie at the time, but nowadays you, you look at something like that. This is a movie you can show to kids because there's not a lot of like terrible stuff in it. Right. So that, that's why I call it a kids movie. I don't know if that was their intent. I feel like Cronenberg loves that scene. That was some Cronenberg body horror right there. Yeah, uh, same with uh, Jean Jean Genet. <laughs> yes, same Jean, Tim, Jean he probably Genet loves that scene <laughs> from Alien Resurrection. Yeah, he probably yeah. <laughs> probably ate that. Anyways, scene up. that thing that thing stood out to me. That scene stood out, and in a in Tim in a wonderful way. I'm just going to use that word now for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> in a wonderful way, it stood out to me. Yeah, totally. Old man, old man's face just expanding and melting. It's really well done, but you know what? He deserved it too. You you kind of want to see that. Well, you want to you want to yeah. see him get it in the worst way, right? Yeah. He killed my dude. Yeah. Well, he killed our dude. He killed Seer. Yeah. We're, we're well, this, I know. I just mean like together, we weren't man. watching it together. I know. When I was watching it, I'm like, this guy killed my dude. Yeah. Fuck him. Melt. Yeah, you liked the seer. You liked his outfit. Yeah, I love that dude's cape, man. He foresee the the um, fashion, he the fashion of the future, the fashion, and he's like, "I'm just gonna dude, wear it now. It. Gonna wear it now." You dude. nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's like, "Don't worry about it. They'll be wearing it in 50 years." <laughs> yeah, exactly. In 50 years, you guys are gonna look back at this and you'll be embarrassed because I'm yeah. I'm in style. <laughs> you'll be embarrassed. Oh man, I miss that guy. Yeah, I know. He's he's dead. He's long dead. He's so uh, dead. <laughs> okay, with the seer dead, though, the old man says there might be one other who could help. And they must try. They have to. There's no yeah. other choice. You got to try. You got to keep going. Don't give you, up. You have to try. You have Can't to give try. up. No. The person they need to find is called the widow of the web. So yeah. I'm already intrigued with that. The widow of the web. I'm Amazing. I'm super intrigued already, and this this guy, what's what's this guy's name? Yeah, Yanir. Yanir? I'm I'm calling him the old man. 
because the old man, yeah, okay, Yanir so is such a the, weird name. The old man before said that there was only one person they could go to, and that was the seer. So right. now he's like, okay, okay, there is another. And this person's called Widow of the Web. Immediately, I'm like, they've had sex. Oh, you were you immediately right away. I'm like, this is an old this is an old flame that he didn't want to go see. That is what's happening here because he said there was only one person, and now all of a sudden there's another. Right. This is seriously the last resort, and he didn't want to have to face her. Right. Well, you'd be you'd be correct about that. I was on. That's exactly exactly what this is about. Uh, (laughs) He says that she will kill most, but she might not kill him. Because he knows her true name. Fucking great, man. Very cool. That's a moment cool I just, stuff. that's a moment I love. I read yeah. a lot of fantasy novels. Um, that's like, that, that's where I really like fantasy and like comics. I don't really watch a ton of fantasy movies, but I love it in comics. I love it in, in books. And this type of thing is such, it's, it's such a cool idea. It's something that I get really excited about when it's like, she will kill anybody. But if you know her name, if you can speak her name, then you kind of get that pass. Love it. Yeah. He's got like the upper hand on a very yes. powerful character for a By very simple reason. Yes. Right? That, but also yes, in, Tim, in this great. case, yeah. it's in this case because they have history together, right? Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to, I'm the only person who knows her name. So if I say her name, she will immediately know who I am because of that. So yeah. Very I think cool. he just broke it down though, that I've never understood that before that it's when, when he, when someone gets the upper hand over someone very, very powerful for a very simple reason, it's just so cool. You know, it just shows you that what this person knows or what this person can do, this very simple thing. It's very cool. It's just like exposing a weakness or something like that. It's, it's awesome. Right. So at this point, they've done a few of these scenes. I haven't really been, really been touching on them. But there's, there's a bunch of scenes with Lissa, who has been captured by the Beast, and she's in the Black Fortress, and she's trying to find a way out. She keeps, like, running to different parts of the fortress looking for a way out, and there is no way out. She's, she's trapped. Um, these scenes, they never really made much sense to me as a kid, and they still don't make sense to me now. I didn't understand really what this was all about. Like, I, I understand what they're trying to do with this whole beast and Lissa dynamic, like they, like the beast is trying to marry her. Um, the yeah. idea is that like, if, <laughs> if she'll accept his proposal, then he'll allow everybody on crawl to survive. He just wants her to like be his bride. Um, but I never really liked just the way that they were filming these scenes and yeah. kind of how they're probably like three or four different scenarios where they just show her running through the the fortress i didn't i didn't need any of this yeah here's here's why i dig it this is what i noticed when it was happening um all these scenes with her running around they look like she's in body parts it looks like she's in an eye it looks like she's in a hand it looks like she's in a mouth None of none of the inside of this castle looks like the outside. Like it doesn't look like when you look at that castle from the outside that that's what it would look like on the inside. So it kind of tells me that something like extremely magical is going on inside those walls. It just looks like plain rock on the outside, but inside she's running around in like to me it's almost like the beast is the castle. Like he's mm. so powerful that he is the castle and the castle is an extension of him and that's why when she's can't find her way out of places she's like in his hand or she can't find her way out of places and she's in his mouth or whatever like that's what i kind of took from it and so i thought it was kind of cool okay that's cool um 
Yeah, I also noticed it was a really neat thing where the Slayers all throughout the movie are black. But mm. later in the movie, when you get into the cast, into the fortress, they're all white. They're all white. Yeah. So I totally. actually like um, like your magical yeah. call there because that was something I just noticed that I thought was really neat. I just I p- almost pictured them as like the higher up, like the higher ranked um, slayers are like the ones guarding the castle. Like right. you know, to Star yeah, Wars, yeah. like you're if you've got the red outfit, you're like way more powerful than somebody in the white. Right. So I just thought it was something yeah. like that. But yeah, that I, that's cool. I like that. Uh, I like that take on it. So the old man has found the widow of the web and she appears to be in a small iridescent chamber in the middle of a giant cave and her chamber is just in the middle suspended by webs and she does not want the old man there but he starts climbing on the webs anyways and a giant spider comes out of the cave to try to get him. And he calls out her true name, Mm. Lissa. Right. And we're at this point, Tim, I'm like, what? (laughs) Lissa's the name of like the princess. That's Princess Lissa's name. So um, I got a real cool thing to to say about that. But um, oh, great. Let's get get a little bit further ahead. Okay. So because this this scene, there's so much cool stuff in this scene that oh man this one just like this one slaps me across the face it's so 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 neat with like all this all the ideas they're playing with in this scene get out of here get out of town i need to talk about the spider but i feel but we can do the spider after the we do the spider now this we just saw the spider for the first time he's trying to kill the old man so why don't you just tell us about the spider okay what i really like about the spider is First of all, he's stop motion. Looks great. I yes. love stop motion. I, I just love it. Like in any movie, it doesn't, it, stop motion kind of looks weird on the screen. It looks like it stands out. And for me, it's it's movie magic. Like I just love that stuff. So Spider looks great. Um, Spider's kind of, uh, he can kind of see through him. Like he's kind of cle- got clear skin. Yeah, yeah. And and. He is controlled, basically, we can get into it later, but he's basically controlled by like an hourglass, like Sands of Time, and he has an hourglass in his body. Like, you can kind of see there's an hourglass. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. You can kind of see there's an hourglass in his body with Sands of Time in it. That makes so so much more sense. Yeah. He's this this spider, this giant spider, stop motion spider, is controlled by an hourglass. Again, just let's throw as many ideas as we can, like, throw at this thing. It's such a small part. It's such a small scene. And they make sure that this spider is so fucking cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So the old man's climbing the web. He calls out her name, Lissa, and she says she'll give him a brief amount of time to get to her before the spider can kill him. Yeah. So she turns over an hourglass. And as the sands are falling in the hourglass, the spider is frozen. And the old man is able to get to the widow of the web. So that's yeah. awesome. I knew that the the hourglass clearly paused and affected the spider. I didn't know he had one in his body or it had one in yeah. his body. So that's really neat. Now, as you spoiled before, because you're uh, just picking up on all the stuff in the movie, it, turn- <laughs> it turns out the <laughs> widow is uh, the old man's wife or yeah. used to be at least. She killed their only son out of rage for the old man what? leaving her. And her punishment was to be trapped in that chamber 
where she can have visions of the future, but can never escape from the chamber. It's ridiculous. These ideas are just (laughs) like amazing, incredible, just coming at you one after another. This interaction was amazing. The old man is just like, hey, I'm really sorry I left. It was for a really good reason. She's like, I was pregnant, you know? And he's like, wait, what? You're pregnant? She's like, yeah, I killed killed the baby because I was mad at you. I don't think she was pregnant. She didn't say that. I think they had a kid. They had a young kid. He knew that they had a kid. No, he didn't know. He didn't know they were going to have a kid. He did. He knew they had a kid. He went off to like fight, to fight a war. Oh, okay. And she's just like, I killed the kid because you- She was mad at him. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. She killed their young child. Now, the old man convinces her to tell him where the Black Fortress will be. Okay, now this is where I want to get into it a little bit. Yeah. There was um, something that was said early on by the narrator. It didn't make sense to me. And it was that this whole thing about the, the Black Beast coming down um, and their whole uh, planet being destroyed, except the prophecy also said that there was... A man, a woman, and a child that would stop it. Do you remember that? Yeah, definitely. When you when you watch the movie, there's no there's no child. There's like Colwyn and there's Lissa, no. but there's no child. So some somebody on the internet um, had the perfect breakdown of what is actually going on in this movie, and I, I'm not going to take credit for it myself. But this is what happens. The reason her name is Lissa. They're saying there's some sort of connection here between her and Princess Lissa. Now, mm. whether whether Princess Lissa is a descendant or whether it's something else, these these are the three that they're talking about in the prophecy. Is the old right. man, the widow of the web, and their child that got killed. They're yeah. the ones who are necessary to get to the end. And the old man kind of lays it out for the widow of the web. He's like, look, I'm trying to like i'm trying to save a girl named lissa she has your same name we're out here trying to save her and there's a young like prince who was the same age that i was when we were together and the widow of the web through that like through just him saying like you know how he loved her when they were younger and that he's fighting for a cause right now reminiscent of the cause they fought for I think she's kind of the key in realizing like, okay, I have to do the right thing here. I have to help their cause out so that these other two, Colwyn and Lissa, can continue on. So the the prophecy of the like the you know, the the man, woman, and child is yeah. the old man, the widow of the web, and their the 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 kid that she killed. I like that. Yeah. And maybe even um when the kid was killed, maybe that's what kind of opens the door for like the beast to feel more comfortable even coming and invading their planet. Cause if there's like, if there's a prophecy that he'll be defeated, I don't know, maybe he knows that and maybe he won't go there, but then maybe the kid dying, it's like, okay, it's open for me now. The the thing is that they, they said when, when she killed that kid, yeah, right. Her punishment was to be trapped in this chamber, but she could see, she could foretell yeah. the future, right. right? So without her killing that kid, she can't see the future, therefore yeah. wouldn't be able to help them in this position. True, true. Once the seer dies, they would have been screwed. Oh, but the widow yeah. of the web has the power because she killed her own kid. 
So she yeah. can now foresee the future as well. It's also why, like you said it before, it's why the old man didn't want to go to her, didn't yeah. mention her as an option, but this is where they're at. And it's that three, that, that crew, yeah. like the old man, you know, widow and the kid that are the key to all this, not Colwyn and Lissa so much. So yeah. I really like that take on it because it really makes sense yeah. for these characters at this moment um, to be just the most impactful thing in the movie that this scene, this scene carries so much weight because of that. Yeah. It, it's like you said, um, it is because of the kid that they can stop the beast because Lissa wouldn't have that foresight without the kid, without the kid. It's maybe not the kid who defeats, no, it's, it's her punishment. With, it's her punishment that gets there. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I think that is for sure what's going on. I did think that that prophecy thing was a little bit um, strange because there was no kid. And when we got to this point, I was reminded of it. Like I did think about it. And then when she was like, oh, I killed the kid. I was like, okay, so I guess it's not that. I guess it's going to come back later. Exactly. Yeah. But going back to it, revisiting now, I'm, I'm on board with you, man. I think that is it. I think this is, uh, it's these three. These three are the... The, the prophecy, the three in the prophecy, for sure. Cool. Now, there's no way for the old man to get out of the cave, though, because the widow says she can only turn the hourglass one time. So she's turned it the first time right. to let, let him in, but she, right. can't, she can't turn it again to let him out. And I was kind of wondering, like, well, is she only able to turn it one time? Is that it? And I... I think that that's true i think she can only turn it one time to stop the spider because um the other guys talked earlier about you know when the old man mentioned the widow of the web the other like the robbers and stuff they're like oh you don't want to go there like nobody comes out of there anybody who goes yeah. in dies so i think people go in there she warns them she's like get out of here which she did with the old man he explained who he was by saying her name so she used the hourglass to speak to him For one sure. time. Yeah. So I think she can literally only turn it one time and she used it on him to get him in there to talk to him. I so, agree. Cause when, when they were telling him, it wasn't even like, Oh, you know, nobody comes out of there. Don't even try. It was like, no person has ever yeah, come no out of there. Ever like come it was, out of there. it was it, specifically, yeah. Just like nobody has ever come out. That's a death trap. She can have one conversation with one person and she's definitely never used it before but him showing up that's who that's where her rage is that's who she hates she yeah. will use it for him to show up and then he will get the information that he needs to be able to stop the beast it's all it's all like falling into place when we get to that prophecy it's awesome mhm mm so the widow breaks the hourglass the only thing that's keeping her safe and the old man grabs a handful of the sand and makes for the exit and as the spider is getting closer to the old man, he just releases a little bit of the sand out of his hand and it would freeze the spider and he's able to make it out of, uh, out of the cave, which then condemns the widow to death by the spider. Cause there's nothing preventing the spider from going after her now and it goes and kills her. Yeah. She said something about binding the sand to her soul or something. And that's why the spider would never attack her because she was bound to the sand, but then she transferred it to him and bound him to the sand so he could escape. Right. So the old man gets out of the cave. He's back to the team and he lets them know the black fortress will appear at sunrise in the iron desert. And he lets the last of the sand fall out of his hand and he dies because he was binded to the sand and the sand yeah. is now gone from his hand. So he's gone. Shit. 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 
Now, the Iron Desert is unfortunately 1,000 weeks away from where they are. <laughs> it's not That's the best. It's a long time. How are I'll you going to get there? It's going to be gone the next day. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you how. The Cyclops suggests fire mares who are able to cover that type of distance in a single day. And these yes. fire mares are cool as shit, dude. Of course, man. Just full on Clydesdales. Um, running and like every step they take is a trail of fire. They run so fast that their hoofs catch fire and they leave a trail of fire. Tim, that would have been all you would have had to say to me to make me watch this movie. Just explain that there's these horses <laughs> that their hooves catch on fire and they run and they leave a trail of fire. Also, they can fly. They can fly on the yeah, trail they, of fire. Yeah, they can. Yeah, it's cool. It's incredible. And they, they, it's so cool. They show them like kind of like at kind of at like nighttime as the sun's going down and there's a whole like group of them just traveling way, way off yeah. in the distance. And you can see how fast they're moving because you'd never be able to like see a person from that far away even moving and the fire mares are just cruising down this mountain yeah yeah really neat man really neat it's awesome so they've got uh, they got their fire mares they go they they go off they're off to the fortress and the cyclops stays behind as usual because he's a stand-up dude but also because he says it's his time right and this is this this part was interesting because Everyone's getting on the fire mares and he's like, no, 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 I'm going to stay behind. And everyone's like, oh, is it your time? Is it your time to die? And I was like, this dude always stays behind. I was like, do, do they do they always ask him? Are they always every time he wants to stay behind? They're like, oh, is it your time? And he's like, no, it's not my time. I just want to watch your back. But yeah. this time, this time it was, it was his, his time. time. It's his time. Yeah. So the fire mares take all the dudes to the Black Fortress. And it's just about dawn when the Black Fortress will jump again. Yeah. So... Um, they like just just got there. They just to got see there. It even. Yeah, to, yeah. And but now they're trying to climb like up onto it. Yeah, because yeah. they, they need to get, get in, it. in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're having a lot of trouble advancing um, because the stalkers are just they're too powerful. They're just you know shooting these laser lasers at them. They're in big trouble. They're looking like they're not going to make it in, and out of nowhere, the cyclops shows up to help. I uh, dude, I love this guy. I this guy, this guy's got to be your best friend. Oh, 100% Tim. This is the best this is the best character in the movie. This is my best friend. Something that they um they said we we didn't mention was that the Cyclops since they can see the time of their death, they do have the ability to just not be at that location at that time. But right. the curse is that if like the longer they prolong it, the more agonizing their death becomes. Right. So, I think the Cyclops realized they might need his help gave up his peaceful death for a more painful one and comes to yeah. help them and help them. Yeah. He does dude. This guy just climbs up where they are. No hesitation leads the way. He's just like cutting he through dominates. these, these um, slayers. Everybody starts to follow him and he just yeah. gets them in. He holds open this secret stone door so everybody yeah. can get into the fortress and then he gets crushed by the door. He can hold the it no longer. Him. He gets crushed. He's dead. I hate that part. I always I hate hated it. that part. I'm so sad. I'm so sad when Cyclops die. Uh, for sure. I, I shed a tear for him. I don't know. I don't know how he was going to die before, but I am sure it was better than getting crushed in a secret door. As rough. It's, I, 
there you like kind of know he's gonna get crushed in this door like you just kind of feel it but still every time they cut back to it like five or six times and every time they cut back to it I'm just like oh please make it out like please sneak through I will I would love it if you could sneak through this and he just doesn't he gets crushed yeah I'm pretty sure there was a time when I watched it when I was younger that I cried at him getting crushed in that door oh yeah I'm certain of it that is fine. That is worth. He he deserves those tears. Yeah, for sure. It, it may have been this last time I watched it. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It may have been yesterday. I, just, I don't I may have been yesterday. I don't remember. <laughs> it was definitely one of the times I watched it. One of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Me sun- too. It was one of the times. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you only watched it one time. I've seen it one time, yeah. <laughs> so the sun comes up on the fortress jumps, but the team are inside, so they jump with it. Perfect. Um, now there's still like eight crew members left at this time, so that's um, a pretty good, pretty good team. But we do lose a couple really quick. Yeah. One of them, unfortunately, is Liam Neeson. He he bites it here. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, Colwyn is able to find Lissa, and we get to see the glaive in action for the first time. And he uses it to cut a hole in the room she's being held in, and then he starts using the glaive to destroy the slayers. And it's like. It's like a boomerang. He's just throwing it and it's like bouncing off the slayers and it's like a one hit kill. They're just all just getting disintegrated by this thing. This thing is, it was worth sticking your hand in the lava for this thing. Definitely. I'm like, dude, why were we not using this the whole time? That's right. Yeah. Why didn't you pull this out before? I remember the old man told him, you'll know the right time when you use this. And I guess it was the last 10 minutes of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) He's just destroying all these slayers with it. Yeah, and uh, the showdown has finally come. We've got Colwyn versus the Beast. I like the way the Beast looks, man. He looks intimidating. It reminded me of like um, a full-sized or full-screen-sized video game boss at the end of like a very scary video game where you're kind of small on the screen and then off in the distance is like the bad guy, but he's the full size of the screen. Like he's a giant. Yeah, It really reminded me of that. That's a really good point. Yeah, he kind of he looks a little bit like Mr. Gilman to me. A little bit, um, yeah. A little bit, mm-hmm. but a little more like gross. But that's a really good point because he's kind of he's not he's really in, in full distance. focus ever. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of off in the distance always. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the fight sucked, but the effects looked pretty cool. Uh, but Col- yeah. Colwyn uses the glaive to pierce the beast and kill it. And Colwyn is trying to get the glaive back out of the beast. <laughs> But it's stuck. It's stuck. He can't, he can't like, he can't call it out of the beast. It won't come. So he goes to grab it and we get this uh, false ending where the beast isn't dead yet. He's still alive, but now he's got the glaive. (laughs) What do you do now? What was was this glaive? It's like, you need this glaive. We need it. We have to get it. He didn't even kill the beast. He didn't kill kill the beast with it. It didn't do anything. It knocked him out for 15 (laughs) seconds. 15 seconds it wouldn't come back to you was stuck in it. and then he was fine he just woke up he was taking a little nap what more can you do here you've done everything you can do and it's, this guy's not time. dead it's done it's over. Well, the beast wins you know what they use dean they use the power of cheesiness <laughs> and it's uh the two the two of them together colwyn yeah. and lissa together united will be enough to destroy the beast and that's what works colwyn is shooting fire out of his hand like a flamethrower. He turns it on the beast. The beast is set on fire and burns an agonizing death and the end. Yeah, Tim, you you call it the power of cheese. I call it the power of love. Oh, yeah, that's bad. (laughs) On Krull, on this planet, in this universe, if you get married, 
you get fire powers. Right. <laughs> you can throw fireballs. I feel like this movie presents that only if you get married do you get to, like, basically get these fire powers that you can share with your wife. <laughs> like, I think they're kind of both. They just need... It was part of the ceremony. Like, it was part of their wedding ceremony, yeah. but they didn't quite finish it at the beginning of the movie. So they, they like hand over whatever this fire is at the end and then he shoots fire out of his hand he couldn't do it before he hooks up with his with his girl power of love shooting fire kill the yeah. beast it's amazing dude it's I mean, amazing i wouldn't call it amazing uh i it's get amazing dude <laughs> I, I totally understand that they set it up earlier in that ceremony like yeah one of the things she does is like he puts his hand in water or something like that she puts her hand in and pulls out like a ball of fire and she's holding this ball of yeah. fire. So I do like that they set it up early. I still don't know what happened though. Like, it's not like they went through at the ceremony at the end. They didn't like, they what, did, what no, happened? They, they didn't, how did they unite at the end? They were just together and decided like, okay, now we're, we're together. Now we love each other. Like, I don't, they already it, loved each other. I hate, th- I hate that I'm arguing about <laughs> this movie. Yeah, get out but of this here, ending, Get out of here. This what ending, are you doing? This movie can end when he hits the beast with the glaive. That's the ending. Th- this extra part, no way, dude. We don't need this. Just throw the glaive, kill the beast, kiss the girl, cut to black. I get it, Tim. I get it. But it's like, <laughs> it's like this universe, you got, it's like their unity candle. You know, in a, in a wedding when you both have your own candle no, and then you light one it, together. Dude, I get whatever. it. This is what they do. They exchange fire by hands. So she was able to pull out fire out of this. Like he put his hand in the water. She put her hand in the water and pulled out fire. That was that was already amazing. But they couldn't complete it where they get to share the fire. Hmm. So they completed it when they got together back later on. They shared the fire. And now he has fire powers. Okay. It's like he couldn't have done this the whole time. But the power of love gave him fire powers. I understand it's it cool. is horrible and cheesy. But also he was shooting fucking flames out of his hand. And I love it. I'm I'm not gonna like <laughs> disagree. It was uh, it was what it was. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's a fine ending. It's fine. Perfect. That's it. I, I love it. Yep. Uh, again, right. again, like I said, it's the it's the first like pure fantasy story that I ever knew, and yeah. it just blew me away. Uh, then it, I I love it now. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, awesome. Yeah. This. It reminds me of like when I'm walking through a used bookstore and I see a cover and on that it's like a fantasy book and on that cover it's like very lush and green and there's like a dude in in armor and he's riding on like a unicorn and then there's like a bear walking beside him with like a sword and then there's like a dragon swooping down and blowing fire and I just look at that cover and I'm like yeah I'm buying this I don't care I just want to see what's going on in this picture that's what I feel like this movie is like it's nice it's just this crazy thing I I want it. Like, I just want to watch it. I couldn't stop watching it. It's very exciting. Um, I've heard critique that it's like slow and boring, which I don't understand at all. Don't get it. Like it is, don't get it. Like some scenes take a long time, but they're not really, they're, they're exciting and they're like, or they're funny. Like there's just, it, there's so much to it. It moves so well. I love it, Tim. I didn't think I was going to. I thought I was going to be like, okay, we're going to watch a movie from Tim's childhood. and It's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. It was great, man. It was great. I, come on, dude. I've never led you astray yet. I know it's true. It's true. It's so good. I I have fun with movies and this is a fun one. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Okay, let's get to what if. What if? 
Dean, in honor of this fantasy movie, mm. I went with a fantasy-driven question. Ooh, cool. Instead of playing the role of Keegan in this film, what if Liam Neeson played the role of Qui-Gon Jinn instead? <laughs> what does this movie look like? <laughs> uh, here's what this movie looks like. It's like almost exactly the same <laughs> because everybody it's just like Liam Neeson is more interesting because like Cyclops was kind of that guy like Cyclops was kind of the guy that could just handle business and it was like a team of people and he could handle business if Liam Neeson is Qui-Gon Jinn you just have like another really good guy on your team and that's like they're still going to do the same things it's going to be the same movie but he's going to be able to take out some more slayers than maybe this Liam Neeson was because this Liam Neeson didn't like leave a mark Qui-Gon Jinn would have left the mark. Um, I, I'm telling you what, I want to see it. I want to see, give, give Qui-Gon the glaive. That guy's going to do, that guy's going to be able to force pull that thing out of the beast. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, there you go. I, that That's yeah. actually, it makes the ending better for me because Qui-Gon force Ooh. pulls the glaive out. Yeah. Colwyn throws it again and kills him the second time. Cuts his head off. Perfect. It, fix, it fixes your ending. It yeah. fixes my ending, uh, yeah. I would love it. I would love it. I would also love Robbie Coltrane to be Hagrid. He could just whip out a, a wand at some point and just do some uh, <laughs> do some magic. Uh, it all fits. That's the thing about this movie. That would <laughs> totally fit. Th all that if stuff he was a Jedi Knight in this movie, that would totally fit. It would totally work. And you're right. He'd kind of just like be the same as he is. He wouldn't like like overtly go on this no. killing rampage. He'd be this kind of like, you know. He wouldn't steal the show. No, he'd be this like pulled yeah. back character who's just helping them along the way, maybe yeah. saving a few people along the way. But yeah, I, 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 like, I like that you say that the movie just plays out the same way it does because I think yeah. you're right. I think he might <laughs> totally. even die at the same spot he does at the end. Like that's very possible. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I love it. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. But speaking of people who die, like there's nobody left at the end of this movie. Like there's like five people left on the screen. I feel like that's the only people left in this world. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we <laughs> maybe. don't see anybody else. <laughs> there's not not a lot so left. So many people die. Well, the Slayers just killed so many people. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Murderous exactly. rampage, but awesome. Okay, then let's get to our movie trivia. Okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, it's your turn to go first for asking uh, a movie question. And just something that you noticed in the movie that you think I might not pick up on. Okay, I've got I've got two here. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with one of them. Um, you have to go. Well, obviously, with one I'm of gonna them. go with one. Obviously, I'm gonna go with one of them. But I think I've decided. I was gonna see how the conversation went, and I think I decided um, the uh -oh. way it, the way it went. Um, okay, so Ergo yeah. uh, can transform into animals, like you said during this episode. Yes. Okay. Can you name four animals that he transformed into in this movie? Oh, that is a great question because right off of the top of my head, I can name three. Right off the top of my head. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, let's just get those out of the way. He can turn into a duck. He turns mm -hmm. into a puppy. Correct. He turns into a piglet. Correct. And then what else does he turn into? I feel like you got the hard one already. Well, that's your opinion, man. <laughs> that's my opinion, yeah. <laughs> the three that came to mind when I first thought of it were different. <laughs> what else does he turn into? I honestly can't think of anything else he turns into. I don't know. 
it's just a few things going through my head. I'm thinking like horse maybe, but I don't think he turned into a horse. I'm thinking like a chick, like a chick, but I don't think so. Not like a chicken. Can't even imagine when he turned into this other thing. Okay, I'm going to start saying where it was. Okay. And I feel like you're going to get there before I get to the end. So when they're in the fortress at the end, and he's with Titch. Oh, yes, I got it. Okay. Go for it. Oh, that's, you help me though. That's the half. That's not, that's, that's a okay. Halfer. It's okay. It's a halfer. It's, of course, it's the tiger. He turns it's into a tiger. tiger and he like tiger. saves Titch. Oh, man. Yeah. Damn. I'm not counting that. I'm not counting that. That's one. okay. I, I feel like we don't really keep score anyways. So. We don't keep score. <laughs> I feel like the piglet was the hard one. So I was impressed that you got the piglet. I thought that one was the hard one. And to I should have got the tiger. That's so obvious. I remember that's, that. That's the obvious one. You're yeah. right. That's the most obvious one is the tiger. Yeah. yeah. I just, I brain farted. I couldn't pull that one out. Because he actually does something as the tiger. He actually like right. fights he the fight, He fights off yeah. the slayers. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. great. How do, you, how do you forget the tiger? Come on, man. That's crazy. It, it's okay, man. It's okay. Right. You've got a lot right. This one, <laughs> you got very close. I got 3.5 out of 4. There you go. Yeah, perfect. All right. Okay, Dean. When the group go to meet the seer for the first time, Ergo the Magnificent asks the young boy who's there, Titch, for some food. The boy shares some candy with him. What type of candy does the boy share with Ergo? Okay, so it looks like a chocolate bar, but it's not. It's a, what did he call it? Um, is it, did he call it a cinnamon roll? Oh, dude, you're so close. No. no, he didn't. He called it a cinnamon bar. Oh, no. A cinnamon you, bar. You called okay. it a chocolate bar and then a cinnamon roll. Oh, cinnamon <laughs> bar. Shoot. Nice try, man. We did. Hey, close. hey, yeah, we did. Close. We both did really good on this uh, yeah. trivia. Hats off to both of us on this one. I was really happy getting that close because when I got to the end of this movie, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get anything right. I was just trying to pay attention to what was going on. I was just trying to stay up to, up to <laughs> well, beat me too. with the yeah, plot. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, awesome, cool. man. All right. Well, that yeah. was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, Great. Thanks for joining. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, man. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. 
All right, that's it. We're done.